0: Developers want you to get the maximum amount of hashtag content out of their video games, and when it comes to multiple secret endings, that sometimes means gating them behind one hell of a challenge. A weirdly convoluted fetch quest or harder difficulty are just the tip of the iceberg. How about fighting a more brutal version of an already tough boss, or maybe completing the entire game with a starting weapon just to see a super secret cutscene? Some bonus scenes are meant for the masses, but others... Well, I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com, and these are the 8 hardest alternate endings in video games. Number 8, Warhammer 40k Dawn of War 2, The Pure Ending The lore behind Warhammer 40K is staggering. There are so many factions, races, storylines and other goings on that it's hard to know where to start, let alone jump into. The Dawn of War games then are just one branch of the whole universe, a series of real-time strategy titles for PC that sees Space Marines, Tyranids, Eldar and Orc forces all fighting against each other. Much like other campaign-based strategy games such as Command and Conquer and Starcraft, Dawn of War 2 tells its story mostly through its mission structure. In these massive missions, you can collect items and resources that give you the edge against the enemy hordes. Centred on opposing mechanics of corruption and redemption, the former gets automatically applied to your save, sometimes by accident. Coming from using a host of specific items, missing good choices as missions play out, giving into evil ones and so on, the pure ending for the game involves knowing exactly which of these pitfalls to avoid. It means you're actively making the game even harder than it already is. All for a couple of minutes of mostly static animation, seeing characters attain ranks they've been striving for for hours. But hey, at least you know you're the purest warrior around. Number 7, Final Fantasy X 2. Titus lives forever? To this day, the weirdest random spin-off sequel thing in Square Enix history, Final Fantasy X-2 stars Yuna, Riku and the early 2000s as an elite Yuna trying to resurrect Final Fantasy X's original protagonist, Titus. And yes, I'm going with Titus because there's no way in hell it was ever Titus, you absolute maniacs. The good ending of this hybrid RPG slash up then sees Titus and Yuna reunite, but with all the ambiguity of him being real or not still left over from the end of FF10. Getting 100% for the secret ending has our maniacally laughing hero becoming more real as a far more positive tone sets in, but the manner of unlocking it is patently ridiculous. I'm talking about interacting with a specific NPC in a specific chapter levels of Ridiculous, or pushing a specific button during a specific piece of dialogue after a boss levels of Ridiculous. Miss any one of these and your entire playthrough is doomed to one of the more standard endings, meaning it's either another 30-hour playthrough to try again, or just give up forever like the rest of us. Number 6. Batman Arkham Knight The Nightfall Protocol The first time we all found out about Riddler trophies in an Arkham game, it was Asylum, and they were a joy to hoover up. Arkham Asylum then blew that initial 100 trophy allocation way up into 440 individual challenges, including the Catwoman DLC in Arkham City, but for Arkham Knight, well the overall number of challenges went down to 243, but you had to do every last one of them to unlock the true Nightfall ending. This meant tons of environment scouring for awkward puzzles, tons of putting up with Riddler berating you for hours on end, and of course a ton of those Riddler Raceway Batmobile time trials which were one of the main reasons people downvoted this game overall anyway. Go through all this and what do you get? An ending where Bruce reveals his identity to all of Gotham, fakes his own death and then appears to use Scarecrow's fear toxin to rule the streets through nightmarish visions of a Batman returning from the grave whenever a criminal act goes down. Maybe you unlocked this and maybe you found some solace in the idea of an everlasting Batman idea living inside the mind of all crooks, or maybe you watched it on YouTube and just WTF'd instead. Number 5. Max Payne 2 The Fall of Max Payne Mona lives? Detective Max Payne cannot catch a break. His wife and child murdered in the first game, then femme fatale love interest Mona Sachs gets killed off in the sequel. Yeah, whilst it may seem like the gods aren't smiling down on Payne himself, you can defy them if you're prepared for it. This doesn't require any convoluted method to get the ending that sees Mona live and share a kiss with Max. Instead, it's the challenge itself that is ludicrously hard to pull off, completing the game on Dead on Arrival difficulty. Here you need to have Max Payne 2's refined gunplay down. Be quick on the draw, nail every shot and dodge in all the right directions constantly. Max gets obliterated in less than a couple of seconds if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, and as these games were never really about enemy watching or being able to actually see the swarms of bullets coming your way until after you've committed to a dive, chances are you'll be seared to ribbons in the first level alone. 4. The Metroid Series An increasingly skimpy Samus It's a reveal that was a huge deal back in 1984, setting in motion gaming's own Ripley and one of the most iconic video game characters ever. Metroid on the NES tying various states of an undressed Samus to win conditions was one for the ages. How though did you actually get a bikini clad Samus? Well, in the original game, you'd have to beat the entire campaign in under one hour. Do it under three and you'd get a Samus still wearing a sweater, or do it between three to five hours and only lose the helmet. This was carried forward into 1994's Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion 2, though Nintendo didn't have Samus getting down to her skimpables anymore. Now she was appearing in more athletic wear, but both are still tied to completion times of under three and two hours respectively. Number 3, Shadow the Hedgehog, The Last Story One of the weirdest facts about Shadow the Hedgehog looking back is that Sega made it one of their most complex and fleshed out titles ever, with 326 branching paths across the entire campaign. Every action had consequence and change, and whilst this meant no two playthroughs were ever the same, endearing it to an entire new generation of Sonic fans, the grind to see everything is a monumental slog. Replaying an already mediocre feeling game with a twin pistol Sonic was arduous enough, but making you restart again and again to go left when you should have gone right, well there's a reason Sega didn't do this again. Number 2. Fez 200% completion Whatever your opinion of Phil Fish and the whole Fez 2 debacle, you still have to hand it to him. Fez is a masterpiece of game design. The initial concept of a world rendered in 3D but played on a 2D plane is something way more creative should have taken and ran with. However, still dissecting what we got, even finishing the game at all with its standard cube-hunting gameplay is a notable challenge. So factor in that base completion, then think about how collecting every last item gives you the arbitrary 100% final stat. On top of that are what's known as anti-cubes to find too. These are required to get you to the 200% completion rate, with 32 in total, but all rely on hidden level triggers and secret gameplay methods. There's even an entire secret language written into the various symbols and markings you'll already have seen for hours at this point that you'll need to actually decode and understand to find them all. With one particular anti cube hidden behind a freaking QR code, it's clear Phil Fish's labour of love had a lifetime's worth of effort poured in. And number one, Bloodborne, childhood's beginning. From software love putting difficult optional endings, often revolving around fetch quests, into their games. With the already brutal Sekiro carrying that tradition forward, Bloodborne asks you to find and ingest three of the four umbilical cords found in the game. Let's sidestep the reality of what's really going on with Bloodborne's titular Blood for now, as the game does at least point you in the direction of what's needed. Following the first of these cords dropping automatically from the Mergo Wet Nurse boss, it sows the seed to hunt down the others. With that in mind, one cord is found in an early game workshop, and another spawns after you've killed the infuriating Bomb the Vacuous Spider boss. For the last one of these chords, unless you've already prioritised it, you'll have to find the formerly saved NPC Ariana, now down in the Tomb of Odin, having given birth to a twisted monstrosity of a child. Though there's no prompt to do so, killing this creature gives you the final chord, completing the set or otherwise letting you unlock the true final boss of the game, the Moon Presence. Defeat that and you'll get what I'm referring to as the Slug Ending, a scene where back at the Hunter's Dream, the doll picks you up, now reborn as an infant great one, one of the many Lovecraft and god-beings that were watching over and interfering with everything this whole time. Talk about a real test of skill. Looking at current trophy data, only 15% of all players have managed to pull this off. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.